What's going on? Welcome to the Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast, your number one source for uh, up-to-date fitness information and discussion. And today we're going to be breaking into one of our favorite topics as usual, Mailbox Monday. Kyle loves these episodes, gets him fired up. This guy loves to answer questions. So we're going to start it off with a question directed towards Kyle. And uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. So if you guys are new here, every uh, week what we try to do is answer your questions. Uh, We have people ask us this on various um, mediums and we'll kind of just dive into any questions we're asked throughout the week. So first question comes from my boy Jeff, and Jeff says, Kyle, what was the hardest thing about bulking to over 200 pounds? Uh, That's a great question. I will say, uh, you know, a lot of people ask, would I ever do it again? To be completely honest, I don't think I would ever get to over 200 pounds. So right now I'm at about 170 pounds body weight. So I got up to 208, which is literally 38 pounds heavier. And the hardest thing is just the consistency with the eating. So um, having 5,000 calories a day, that's what I had to get to to you know get over 200 pounds and it's just sometimes I'd find myself sitting in my car driving to clients eating a a medium pizza and it's just like not fun it's like uh, you just always have to be eating you have to force feed and that's just you know to be honest it's just brutal like I wouldn't do it again yeah and either end of the spectrum I mean going on to that like when you diet too hard someone asked us that in a recent um, like uh, podcast would we want to be that lean again uh, it was the same thing when you're overeating and you're stuffing too much yes you have a ton of energy from food but you also get very lethargic like trying to digest that much food it's all about finding that kind of happy medium and finding that sweet spot somewhere in between in my opinion yeah no that's, wouldn't uh, you agree I would absolutely agree and and, uh, I'm definitely a lot happier where I am now. All right, next question. So, what's your number one tip to getting chiseled abs? Um, <laughs> people were asking because chiseled. Who asked that question? Uh, <laughs> that was Daniel. Um, we're just laughing because uh, this is a question that's actually come up a lot because some people were saying that they can actually get the ab development. You know, they can see the abs, but they can't actually get like the legit definition it's a good question like the shaping you know the the reason we're laughing is the other day in a podcast kyle said the confucius thing and confucius isn't sometimes i just make up words to be honest if you guys have ever seen our our youtube videos but you know as long as we're putting out that content we're feeling silly today so bear with us yeah we're so off topic okay we got to dial it back so we don't have to refilm this so that's a great question daniel asked chiseled abs yeah okay so chiseled abs so that's a fantastic question because it's one thing to have abs it's one thing to have chiseled abs you know someone posted their shirt you're like oh yeah you kind of got abs there chiseled abs it looks like those things were carved out of marble and stone they lift up the shirt and you're like, whew, like those are real. And I'm a firm believer um, in specific ab training, not an influx of it or a surplus of it rather, but a decent amount. So um, you, first of all, this is if you're very lean, I find it can really tone them out and tighten them, especially the lower abs are a little bit harder to bring out. Everyone will kind of have those upper abs when they're lean, but I love doing a lot of leg raises. A big thing that's always stuck with me was Arnold, before all of his workouts, he used to do 100 leg raises, which is quite interesting. Obviously, mm. you don't necessarily want to be doing abs every day, but once again, it's an interesting premise, and I try to at least do 100 leg raises in my ab workout once a week, and um, just doing one ab dedicated day a week like you would any other muscle for 20 to 30 minutes it can be after your workout it can be on a rest day it could be its own specific day will really help kind of get that chiseled um, look and then furthermore the best way to do it is to really carve up before wherever you're going and showing off your abs because when you're depleted muscles don't pop they're soft they don't look hard and they really just don't kind of have that 
chiseling look behind them and the best way honestly is to kind of carb up kind of fill up because when you're dieting you get this really suppressed kind of dry look it's hard yeah. to explain if you diet you you know when you're like dry and you know you're not really popped out and then when you kind of carb up that's how you're kind of gonna get up there i like it next question this is uh this is a good one i, I like this question okay so someone asked your instagram um, hey, I've been dieting for a while. I've successfully lost 25 pounds uh, over two years, which is quite good. Congratulations to you. Mm -hmm. um, I'm 5'4", female, about 5'6". Okay, here's some background. So that's quite good weight loss and is currently 160 pounds, but has hit a plateau and her macros are quite low. She said she's eating about uh, 1,100 calories here, um, which is interesting for where it is. How can I break through a diet plateau? That's a great question. Um, you want me to jump into yeah, it? Yeah, you take this one. And we're sorry, we're in a silly mood, but that's a good thing. We've produced a lot of content today. We've filmed two podcasts. We filmed two podcasts yesterday, and we um, filmed two video, three, three videos, videos today. Three YouTube videos. So we're not playing around. We're we're back on our grind. So get hype. Make sure you're checking into YouTube every Monday and Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and for these podcasts every Monday and Thursday because they'll be up there. Okay, so breaking through a diet plateau. This is fantastic. So I'm gonna go um, the more I guess coachy answer first, and then I'm sure Kyle. Has some great inputs as well. So carb refeeds or diet breaks are going to be your best mechanisms to breaking plateaus and dieting. So diet break essentially is not going out and saying, I'm on a diet break. I'm eating everything I can see. I'm going to eat all this junk food. No, it's going back to your maintenance, a healthy maintenance or your calculated maintenance. I'm a bigger believer in adjusted maintenance. So there's a big debate whether you should go to your maintenance or adjusted maintenance. I'm more of a fan of adjusted maintenance because here's the issue. If I start dieting and my maintenance is 3,600, calories and I'm a 230 pound male when I diet down to 210 and I need a diet break if I go up to that that's my maintenance at with 20 pounds more on me probably a little bit more muscle a little bit more fat and it's just gonna be kind of a surplus at that point so I like to try to calculate um, an adjusted maintenance, and that could be a reduction of whatever percentage. You can kind of play with it, see how you're affected by the diet break. Weight might go up a little bit. That's absolutely okay. But the goal here is to replenish your hormones, leptin, ghrelin, insulin, all those good things you always hear me talking about. Um, they're all going to play a big part in dieting. For instance, like ghrelin is how hungry you actually become. When you diet more, you know, you just get hungry and hungry, and you need that ghrelin kind of back in your system, and that's going to help with that. Leptin does the same thing, and... Uh, um, it's the same principle essentially it's going to be help like with how you can use and burn fat um, insulin has its role all these good things so you want to make sure your testosterone estrogen all these things will be regulated when you have a proper diet because when your body is dieting hard and you've been dieting for a while like you said um, and you lost that weight um, it becomes very suppressed right and when your diet is suppressed you're gonna kind of feel those effects your body thinks it's starving itself and it's gonna try and fight and slow that process so this way you can trick it by temporarily doing a week or two week re, um, diet break and then jumping back into your diet or implementing carb refeeds. Yeah, and that, yeah, that's awesome. And one other thing you could also try to do is just um, you know increase the cardio. If like you're at 1,100 calories and you find you're struggling and you can't get down anymore, you would just you know increase the cardio output. Let's say do a couple hundred calories burned each day, and that should help you kind of push past that plateau as well. Um, so yeah, uh, and then another question we got was, would you recommend using a fitness tracker or a watch that I see you guys wearing in those videos? So uh, yeah, this is a great question. I'll talk about my Fitbit first of all, and you know, talk about the benefits. And then Josh also has an Apple Watch. We actually used to call Kyle the Fitbit. Yeah, they called me the, <laughs> the, fit, the Fitbit. 
I'm the fit bit around town. <laughs> fit chick. The fit chick. So um, for me, yeah, like this thing doesn't do a whole lot, uh, to be honest. Like it's not anything crazy. That it's like a hundred dollars. It's like a Fitbit Blaze, um, and it's like the thing for me is it like tracks my steps, which is good. You know, anytime that I'm, you know, seated too much, then it tells me to get up and uh, start moving more. And another thing is it's also great just for like monitoring my sleep. And uh, that's really it. It doesn't do anything crazy. But I know the Apple Watch has a lot more better things about it. So yeah, I have the Apple Watch. The Fitbit Blaze, I think, is probably about. 220 oh, yeah. bucks. I got American. it from 100 for my buddy. Never mind. Yeah, but no, nonetheless, still about, I'd say like 220 USD maybe. Um, whereas the Apple Watch is about 500. So is it that much worth it? I have an Apple Watch, yes, but I, I really like Apple. I like the easy use. I like the connectivity of them. I wouldn't say it's 100% worth the upgrade. Um, for me, my biggest thing was it's waterproof. So I just like wearing this watch. I wear it in the shower. I'll just clean it with a little bit of soap. I know it's not what I'm supposed to do, but I do it anyways. I swim with it. I take her in the sauna. I just, I really like that ease of use. I can kind of break things and I was just trying to be proactive with that. So I got the benefit of that. That's why I think Kyle would actually really do well with one. And I really like the heart rate functions. Um, I said this in a previous podcast. I like to monitor that. I like doing all the workout tracking on this, but past that, I wouldn't say it's much better than a Fitbit. Um, it definitely looks a little bit cleaner. There's more watch faces, a little bit more play, but uh, I wouldn't necessarily spend that much more money. I mean, if you get it as a gift or you want to treat yourself, um, that's fine. Like the build of them is fantastic. I've had this for, this is a series two for three years or so, and I'm in no rush to upgrade. The new ones have that new, I think it's ECG. I probably got that wrong um, uh, function, which is really cool. So it actually does like your heart rhythm. Oh, really? It'll say if you have a heart problem potentially, hmm. which is really, really cool like the electrocardiogram or whatever so that's gonna be a crazy feature but I know that won't be released for like a year so uh, once again yeah they're pretty good they're pretty handy and I like it too um for personal training because yeah, I, was gonna say that. I set timers and I monitor rest and it's in the background it's not obnoxious I don't carry around uh, a stopwatch looking like a doofus kind of <laughs> I don't know it's just easy for me I'm, it's there it's ready to go um, my text will pop up on it I can kind of have a good overview of what's going on and that's yeah. that's why I like and that's a great question yeah I wouldn't say it's like anything drastic but I think it's like a nice use like honestly when I don't have it I feel lost now and yeah. even you know as Josh was saying for clients and training and timing uh, your rest for yourself you can do that as well a lot of people don't time their rest but yeah it's pretty solid and we we used to we had a weird phase where we were trying to go all classy and be into watches yeah. and stuff and we spent a good amount of money a hundred two hundred dollar watch you buy five of those it's gonna add up and I, I honestly just think of like the the little phone on your watch is so handy like it's such a convenient little function and it's kind of stopped me from buying all these random watches and now I have no desire to really switch I can get different bands and stuff so they're pretty cool it's worth exploring next question so this is this is an interesting question here um Ooh, okay, ready? So someone said, who do you find the most obnoxious in the fitness industry? The most obnoxious? Oh, man. <laughs> there's there's a few people that are just ridiculous. I don't know. I, uh, I'd have to think about that one. Like, I don't really watch, I mean, pay too much attention to the fitness industry, like, in terms of YouTube videos and stuff, but I'm sure there's some people out there. I find, I find, um, Mike O'Hearn very obnoxious, personally. Yeah. The thought of him being natural is ridiculous to me. Yeah. Man's, like, 250, bigger than Arnold ever was. Yeah. There's just, there's 0% chance. And I find him to be a bit, like, uh, not to call people out or anything, but kind of arrogant. Like, he sells really weird routines and this and that. Like, yeah. not even routines. Like, his 
weird frog machine mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Like, I find that to be a bit of a stretch. Like, I'm fine if people don't really claim, then he really, like, outwardly claims Natty, and I think it really skews perceptions of what's obtainable and what's healthy. There's some people that are really big, and you're like, what the heck, you have some A1 genetics, yeah. but they're not on that tier. Like, yeah. there's no fooling anyone there, in my opinion. Yeah, I'd say, yeah, to be honest, I think the really, you know, the only people that really, I guess you could say, kind of frustrate me are those people, like, you know, even Simon Panda and yeah. uh, whoever it is that really, like, try to put a bad perception on, on natural bodybuilders or natural fitness guys and just, like, always claim natural and, like, make, you know, guys like us who are actually natural, you know, not look as big or anything like that, but yeah, like those are the worst. We're natural, we're pretty top-tier genetics, and there's people that are significantly more top-tier than us that can look pretty sweet, but uh, not, not to that caliber, and people that are really roided up claiming natty really puts a dampening on everything, because it, it's very hard to give people accurate understandings and perceptions of what's obtainable and what you can do and what you can and hard work and how it's necessary but there's I'd say for every one ridiculous person there's a hundred great people so it's had a pretty good balance lately yeah and another question we got through Instagram was uh, have you guys ever considered taking steroids or do you think you would oh, I like it that's a good one so we made a video on this what was it called time to take steroids yeah or? question mark and then a lot of people clicked on it something so funny yeah. maybe this will be our podcast title these always hit <laughs> So for me, I have no interest. I already feel like I'm a pretty big person, tall, thin through doorways, heavy, whatever. And to me, like, it just, I don't see the benefit. Like, the trade, the trade-off you're going to feel from that is just horrible. I mean, if someone takes it and they're honest and they're doing it intelligently and they're, like, using a doctor and everything, that's better at least. But for me, like, I, I got into fitness for longevity and health. And to do that and take so many years off my life and risk my organs and everything, it just, it has no interest to me. Like, I don't know, like... And I, I find people that look like too blown up and kind of whatever, like I'm pretty happy with my physique. I just know with hard work, I can build a really, really nice physique and I just see no point to put myself through potential health risk and a lot of money and like just so many detriments to that. Yeah, no, I'm 100% I'm on the same page. I remember like a while ago, like have thought about it. Obviously, I'm sure a lot of people in the fitness industry have had that thought, like how much bigger would I be able to be if I yeah. took steroids? And I remember I took a piece of paper, I wrote down the pros and cons, and the only pro that came out of it was really like, be bigger and stronger. Like, get that's yoked. It. Yeah, get yoked. And that's, <laughs> and that's it. And it's like, you know, the amount of negative side effects, like Josh was mentioning, is just absolutely insane. And, you know, it's just not worth it. Um, I don't think I ever would. And, well, yeah, you know, heart problems, yeah. blood work problems, yeah. um, problems with reproduction, yeah. problems with the libido, problems with hormonal production. Yeah, there's so many. Organ and, issues. Like, that's, like, it's, it's no small joke. Yeah. And, I feel like a lot of people actually like just take it as an easy way out it's like you know I feel like I have so much more natural potential to just keep growing to become stronger just through hard work without you know taking that easy way and sticking it up my butt and that's it too like all these people I know that are pretty roided up and big they'll always say to me like hey like you look pretty good and you're not like on a that kind of tier but like just enjoy that you look good you're healthy and just try to stay with that like in my opinion and we we do this for a living and we don't even want to do it like i don't see why the average person would 
want to yeah. jeopardize all this, nor should they, because anyone who takes steroids will say you shouldn't take steroids unless you've been lifting for like four to five years and you're close to your natural potential, and only then are you at a good place to kind of take it and where you're actually going to get the most benefit, because a lot of people, you'd be amazed probably, I think there was a study like one in ten people will take steroids in, like in a gym, and most of them are not the people that look big, like usually it's just everyday Joes who want a shortcut and they don't want to work and they come in once a week, they take it, and they just end up looking very average because they're not consistent and dedicated to anything and at the end of the day steroids aren't going to make you big you still have to work it's just going to make it a whole lot easier yeah. if you do yeah and if you're someone that's like a top class athlete and you have like you know you're stepping on stage and this is you know uh yeah something that's you're you need to do pretty much like you're that high of a level in sports and in you know fitness then that's a whole different story but yeah. like josh it's said a, it's a personal it's like doing drugs right yeah. it's a personal decision it's not yeah. recommended it's not healthy but it's not you're for gonna us do what you do yeah so that's a good question okay let's go into that another question we got asked but we didn't answer before is what are your thoughts on sarms sarms uh, I don't. I honestly don't know too much about so, yeah, it. I've I've tried to Google it a bit. I mean, I just I don't care so much. I all these things pop up, and it's like, oh, this is the thing you need to start taking. Mm -hmm. And in my opinion, if something is well worth it and well documented, you just wait to. There's studies. People have tested. It's proven. Like creatine. I like creatine. Creatine works great. Um, it does what it does. It's one of like the best natural supplements, in my opinion. And uh, yeah, but SARMs. It it seems like. They're not steroids, but they may be pro-hormones. I may be butchering this, so forgive me. Do your own research, but my understanding is it's it's not worth it. It seems kind of gimmicky and like a little bit of a money grab. And same principle to our steroid talk. Like at the end of the day, just work hard, do all these things right. And then I think a big argument I've heard for other people talking about SARMs is why would you take SARMs if you're not 100% sure of the health benefits? They say they're okay for you when you could just take steroids that you know would work mm -hmm. and then you know the side effects. Because SARMs, the problem right now is they say there's none, but there could be some serious consideration later on and you don't want to be a guinea pig testing things out and that's that's my thought process mm, I like it all natty baby that's what we are <laughs> <laughs> um, another question we got was I, I see all these females doing these glute exercises in the gym as a male should I be doing uh, exercises like these as well Oh, well, we know Kyle loves his glute training. I love my glute training. One of our biggest videos on YouTube is actual, actually three exercises for men on uh, improving your glutes and just like strength and all that. And there are so many benefits to it. Like you don't have to get over and do, you know, those donkey kicks, but like we have a bunch of exercises that we show you guys, such as the glute pull through the hip thrust, uh, even glute bridges that are just fantastic for like everyday life or posture, helps like improve the lockout power of your squat, your deadlift and you know. That's it. I mean, in the gym, if you're worried about how you look, you're not training right. You got to do what you got to do. You might look a little silly. Sometimes I'll be doing my glute pull-throughs, get a few eyes, but I know at the end of the day I'm doing what I need to do. And the glutes are a big, strong, stabilizing muscle and a big strength muscle, right? Like, look at football guys. Look at sprinters. They got some big glutes for a reason. It's a powerful, powerful centering muscle of the body, and it's not something you want to overlook as a guy. And if you're overlooking it just because you don't want to look silly doing exercises, then you're going to look silly when you look really underdeveloped and weird and have anterior pelvic tilt. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a good point. Yeah. Okay, so next question. What is your favorite food and what is your least favorite food? Favorite food, I mean, just like in general, something that I would eat, I'm going to have to say ice cream. Um, I mean, like pizza would be my favorite food. Uh, you know, I absolutely love it. Like, you know, 
pineapple on pizza, by the way. But either way, um, I'm gonna have to say ice cream would be like my overall favorite choice. I don't know what it is. I just have cravings in summer. I eat it almost every day or two or something like that. And uh, it's just, to me, it tastes really good. What least about you? Least favorite? Least favorite. Um, onions or pickles? I'm gonna say, yeah, like onions. <laughs> like these are like condiments or like toppings, like onions, pickles. You know, everyone likes to chirp that I don't like those, but that's okay. Mustard. Um, oh my gosh, I just, all I the don't best know. things. I hate those things. I've just never liked Three it. of the greatest things. Yeah. Um, for me, favorite food? Oof. I like so much food. Food is just so good. Spaghetti. I, w I would I would have said that before, but I don't know. And I would have said pizza before, but now I don't know. I mean, a lot cleaner. And, like, I don't know. A lot of that stuff, I can only do so much Breedable. of it. I just feel kind of weird. Burrito's okay. Yeah. I really like turkey, man. Turkey's good. Turkey? Just in general. Mm. Ground turkey, minced turkey, turkey burger. Yeah. Even turkey on pasta. Like, turkey is just solid. And it's such good macros. Yeah, it is I'm good. digging turkey. That's a new answer for me. Normally, it'd be pizza or spaghetti, but... There you go. We're switching it up today. Least favorite? Fish. Hate seafood. Any kind of it. Sushi, fish, oh, anything. Oh, sushi's so good. It's just appalling to me. And I, I don't know. I've tried so many times, and I just cannot get into it. Mm. I, something about it's weird to me, but that, that's a cool question. I agree. I don't like raw fish, like, but if I go to sushi, it's like, you know... The Do you eat, like, fish fish? Like, cod? Yeah, I like that stuff. Yeah, yeah like tilapia. Can't get, you know. can't get into it. But I mean, I don't eat it much, but I do Still, like the yeah, taste yeah, of fair. it. Um, and we got another question saying I'm, I'm just starting up my fitness uh, YouTube channel on Instagram. I noticed you guys collabed with some big names before. How did you get connected with guys like Scott Herman, uh, Goku Flex, Matty Vizzaro, oh, yeah. etc.? That's a that's a great question. That's an excellent question. Uh, you you can take it, man. I'm trying to remember back. This was a couple years ago, but um, I think essentially what happened was like this is when we were a smaller YouTube channel. We got connected with Scott Herman. Uh, basically, we started like making some articles for his website, and um, just from there, just started adding value. Like that was our first collab. Yeah. We are. We're gonna turn him on the podcast too, which will be exciting. Yeah. No. Exactly. And uh, I think it's just like really about. Um, offering value to those who like you're trying to like seek out to uh seek help from basically so like if you're gonna go reach out to a person don't just try to like take 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 and that's also a lesson we kind of learn but we were just trying to like offer value f with guys like that and from there we just like became buddies and like now scott herman's a good friend of ours yeah don't don't beg for anything don't comment on channels saying check out my channel check out my insta no one likes that we we've been there yeah. we've made that mistake yeah. in the past and at the end of the day like mm -hmm. if the best reason to collab is if you guys think you can make if one plus one will equal three if you can yeah make great content with someone or work out with them and make some killer content that's the best way to do it don't go in it saying hey i want some better metrics and we we've been there we've done that and that's definitely a regret we've had is looking too much from that side and as opposed to the experience side because that's what's up and that's where the best content comes from at the end of the day right and yeah. just like actively watch people's con content be there for them they're gonna think highly of you and when the time comes you can say hey like i'd love to link up and i'm sure if that's what's going on they'd love to well that's it we're gonna cut it there because this has been a bit of a juicy one yeah you want to end it well 
as always, thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast. Tracy, yeah. Yeah, it really does mean to, a lot to us. I know we're a bit sillier today. Let us know if you guys enjoy, you know, some of the jokes and stuff. I know people said they want us to be a bit uh, a bit on the sillier end, but Kyle anyways. Uh, <laughs> Kyle's pretty silly most of the yeah, time. Yeah, very so. silly. But anyways, make sure to leave a review, please. It would mean a lot to us. We take time to sit in this car in our studio and film these videos. And, uh, it gets hot in here. It's yeah. quite Confucius. Yeah, exactly. So please leave a review, subscribe, and we'll see you in the next one. Peace.